I am Chalky van der Merwe, admin clerk of AVG CrossFit and Bubiji Karate. I'm also known as the Castle-like King. My skills include remembering one-liners from movies and lifting more than most girls at the gym. Nick Chalmers, coach at ATG CrossFit, karate instructor at Bubishi Karate, possible vampire and master of dad jokes. Hi, I'm Kyle Chalmers, vertically challenged and horizontally encouraged head coach of ATG CrossFit. And you're listening to Gym Owner Jams. Hi there listeners, welcome to another episode of Gym Owner Jams. This week we'll chat to one of our competition winners of last week, Sharon. We'll go through some of her highs and lows she's experienced through lockdown. We'll touch on our superhero of the week. Um, and then we'll chat to a chiropractor and one of our old members, Sam, that moved to Cape Town recently, about injury, mobility, and all things related to training at home when you get injured and how to work through that. Finally, we'll end it off with Nick's legendary dad joke. Joining us on the line now, is Sharon Long. Sharon, thank you very much Hello. for joining us. Thank you so much. Congratulations on winning uh, our competition, our in-house weekly competition last week. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much. Well, you, I see you on top of the leaderboard almost every week and it seemed you finally cracked it in week eight. <laughs> yeah, Candy said that if I didn't win this week, she wouldn't hear the end of it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, we just like to touch base. Uh, highs and lows of lockdown. How have you been, guys been doing? Staying active, I guess. Yeah, so I think for the most part, more highs than lows. Um, it's actually been really cool just staying at home and focusing on things that you often neglect because work gets in the way and things like that. So we've given our house a bit, little bit of TLC and really had some good bonding time. I think the lows really is just the, the change that everyone's had to adapt and um, kind of work around only staying in one location. And obviously not being able to train properly has been pretty frustrating, but the program that you guys have been doing has been amazing. I think this is probably the most committed to everyday training I've been. So that's also another positive. And uh, Sharon, in terms of the, the weekly comp, has that helped you to, to stay motivated? Has that been one of the driving forces giving you the goals to, to move forward? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm quite a competitive person by nature and very extrinsically motivated. So if you hang it, dangle the carrot, I'm in. Um, but I think also what's made this quite easy is that we live quite far from the box. So that travel time has always been a factor that we have to always include when we want to train. And now being able to do everything at home at our own conveniences has made this quite a bit easier. But I won't say it's any better than going to the box. Still enjoy that drive. And uh, lastly, Sharon, we just wanted to chat to you and find out how is your, obviously being a teacher um, from a different school than we've, the teachers we've interviewed uh, previously, how has the lockdown obviously changed your work and has there been any indication of when you're going back to work at all? So for me, being a private school teacher, we've been very fortunate that we can safely assume that the kids can adapt to online learning quite, quite easily. So we've been able to teach from a distance. We have kids joining Google Meet and, and we're actually currently in the middle of exams running from online platforms. Um, but in terms of my work, it's been the busiest I've ever been. 
because it's very different standing in front of a class, being able to lecture and teach because now everything that's in my head, I now need to put on a platform that the kids can access. And that's probably been such a huge um, task for me is trying to adapt my, my teaching to an online platform. So definitely the busiest I've been. In terms of going back, we're still not 100% sure. The government's kind of proposed the 1st of June but we're lucky being a private school that we don't necessarily need to follow what they say. I think the, the majority of those calls come from the fact that schools haven't been able to teach online and they need to get those kids back in the classroom. So we're a little bit more fortunate in that regard. So we're trying to push it out because um, also the demographic of parents that we have, they're a little bit more nervous about sending their kids back. So we have that luxury of them saying, no, we'd rather keep them at home. But everything's up in the air at the moment, so we're actually not 100% sure. And uh, Sharon, just in terms of your rugby, obviously, um, for, the, for the people who don't know, um, Sharon was part of the, the South African touch rugby team that went to Malaysia last year. Um, so obviously, she's quite an active uh, touch rugby player and a sevens player. How has that been affected? Obviously, I'm sure you haven't been able to do any practices, but uh, have you had any connection with your teammates, with uh, your leagues, etc.? Yeah, so at the moment, there's absolutely nothing. We were meant to go to the European Touch Champs now end of July, and that has already been cancelled in March. So, so we know that there's no tournaments coming up, so that's a bit of a bummer because a lot of us had started committing to that financially, so we're not quite sure what's going to happen there. Um, but in terms of like connection with players and stuff, um, I'm a member of Gauteng Touch, and we're trying to keep... Um, a couple of challenges going. So there has been a few online things set, obviously nothing to the extent that you guys have done, but at the moment it's, it's very quiet. And I think that's, that's um, one of the bummers about this is that we're not quite sure what's going to happen when we can start playing again. We've got a junior provincial tournament that always takes place in September. We're not sure if that's going to happen. So yeah, everything's up in the air at the moment. Well, I think it's time maybe to link some of those players to the ATG links and see if we can get them training a little bit. <laughs> so maybe we can speak yeah, to them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think um, they might learn a thing or two from your guys' programming. Sharon, thanks so much for joining us. Um, look forward to seeing you in all the online classes. And uh, uh, once again, congrats for last week. I'll see you up there again this week. Uh, all the best. Hopefully we get to a better level soon. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And thanks to you guys. This has really been, um, for me, a really enlightening experience. I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I've, I'm falling in love with training again. And um, this has really been a, a cool experience. So thank you for everything you guys have done because it's, it's really kept me sane in this very wild time. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, Sharon. Cool. Time for our superhero of the week. This week, we picked one of our CrossFit Kids members. Uh, he joined uh, last year, November, and then... During lockdown, which has been eight weeks, he's attended 34 sessions already. Dave Dreyer, you little legend, you are our superhero of the week. Congratulations, bud. We're going to bring onto the line now Sam, Sam Skoltz. She's a chiropractor, as I mentioned before. She practices out of Cape Town. And she's going to chat to us about some of the common things we find with CrossFitters and now especially with us training at home. Sammy, Hi. welcome to the fourth episode. I'm curious to know from your side, 
if you have seen any increase in injuries um, in your practice, not just CrossFit specific, but people training at home, uh, do you have more WhatsApp calls? I know you can't always um, treat the people, but what has your experience been like? Uh, so during this lockdown period specifically? Yeah. Um, so interestingly, not actually an increase in in, uh, injuries from any activity is more increase in injuries from a lack of activity. So what I'm finding is that a lot of people will phone in and say they've hurt themselves from or the back has suddenly become sore from sitting in front of their desk for long hours. And obviously, you know, most people are working at home. They don't necessarily have like a ergonomic desk or anything or chair or anything like that. So a lot of people are phoning in saying they have lower back pain from, from sitting for long periods of time. Um, and I would say um, more, more commonly, I think it's from a lack of movement more than anything. Sam, can you just uh, explain what ergonomic means for chalky? That's a big English word. I'm not sure he knows what that means. Um, so ergonomics is basically just a good seating posture so or standing posture. So um, it's very subjective. I think, you know, a lot of companies try and like push a particular um, like style of sitting or whatever to say that this is better than this and this is not. But um, I think for the most part, obviously, ergonomics is sitting with a straight back and not slouching and having you know the desk at the, or the computer at the right height or you know just to make sure that you're not slouching and and your lower back isn't strained or in an uncomfortable position for a prolonged period of time now that you mentioned that it's it's because i mean i've been sitting at our dining room table for the last eight weeks you know and like you mentioned we have very fancy designed uh, office furniture at at the offices. Luckily, I have not had any issues, um, but it makes sense. I haven't thought of that. Well, you probably haven't had any issues because you are still moving, you're still active, you're still training. Um, and obviously you've got a kid, which means you're probably running around and moving more than sitting. <laughs> so it's a good thing. Probably that big chest is one of yours, Chalks. That's why you, your posture is not suffering too much. <laughs> JK <laughs> leans back to Shay's chest. He's like, Sam, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about um, home treatments. Obviously, you know, with with you would have probably had some some clients that were your regular clients. I'm sure that would come in for sort of general maintenance, if you if you will. You know, um, have you been able to give these people uh, some sort of pathway to to treat themselves? Is there a sort of set thing that you would you would post out to people, especially people that train regularly, um, to try and sort of keep their body mobile or, or grease the hinges, so to speak? Is it something that you, you currently work on or is it different person to person? Um, I think it's a combination of, of both. I think obviously injury specific, so low back pain um, would be the most common that we see. So um, usually, again, it's like from a either like slouching position and the lower back is taking strain from being in a constant flex position, or uh, we see a lot of weakness in, in the people's core. So then they have a hyperextended lower back. So something like that, for example, you just kind of want to encourage movements and then abdominal strengthening or core strengthening exercises. So a lot of like Pilates based exercises like planks and a side planking, that kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, it is, it is person to person specific. I think um, the biggest the biggest suggestion that I make to patients overall is just 
getting joints moving. Um, in order for joints to be healthy, to maintain some sort of general health, they have to move. Um, that common phrase, if you, if, you, if you don't use it, you lose it, um, is, is very relevant in this case. You know, if you, if, you never, if you're constantly sitting in a flexed position and your hips are flexed, they're constantly short um, and they never get to lengthen. And then suddenly you try and do an exercise or something or, and you're going you're gonna to injure yourself. You know, so um, the biggest thing is like, if I can make a recommendation to every person on the planet would just be to wake up. And once you've kind of awake and started moving around would just be to focus on moving every single joint in your body, you know, starting with your head all the way down to your toes. And it's the, it's, it's the best way to prevent injury, in my opinion. And Sam, I just want to being a, being a CrossFitter yourself, what, what would you say mobility wise, would be the most or the thing you would recommend for most people to be working on you see a lot of people walk into the gym and they do a bunch of things um, to mobilize their joints and stuff like that with no real goal in mind do you believe that there should be certain things that you need to be doing on a daily basis or obviously case by case it's different but generally people are tight in certain areas are there certain things that people should be doing to fix that um, I think so if we just go based on like a um, injury specific race in CrossFit, the most common injuries you see are uh, shoulder injuries, I think followed by back and then anterior knee pain. So like a patellofemoral pain syndrome. Um, so I would say that for the shoulder specifically uh, is quite a big one for me because like I say, our joints need to move. And if, if you're not putting your joints in specific um, motions and then suddenly you go to the gym and you do something where your body's not used to that, then, you know, it's, it's expected that you might find an injury. So specifically like external rotation, for example, I mean, how many movements in your day-to-day -day life do you put your arm in an externally rotated position? Hardly ever, you know? Um, so just by basically doing like just range of motion exercises, even if it's just like um, doing circles with your arm and trying to find those end ranges of movements for me is, is probably the biggest thing. So same thing for, I suppose, lower back or um, for knees. And there's a big debate going on that uh, a lot of the move, well, not a lot of the movements, the more high level movements um, that you would encounter, say, in CrossFit compared to doing it in, in a different uh, training methodology um, should not be applied to anyone doing uh, GPP, you know, general physical preparedness training, uh, things like snatches and clean and jerks, because it's too complex or um, it's it, like you say, it's not something that people will necessarily run into in an everyday basis. I mean, I suppose you could break it down into its movements and say, well, you will encounter something like that. But is there anything that you believe that, you know, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on the, on the matter, if you believe that people should still be doing it, if they should stay away from stuff like that? Um, I think, I think the biggest thing is that, um, there's obviously the misconception that CrossFit uh, results in more injuries than any other sport, which we know now is a lie. I mean, that's the, the NC, what are the NC, NSCA had to come out and say that they, um, that all of their data was basically false and they reported a higher rate of injury than was actually true in the CrossFit community. Um, and unfortunately I think that's kind of stained the reputation of CrossFit, even though we know it's now not true. Um, so I don't think, I mean, the stats show that you don't get more injuries in CrossFit than you do in many other sports. It's not a higher rate of injury. So I wouldn't say that um, people should stop doing those things. That's like saying, like, stop doing anything that could possibly hurt you, which means like doing any form of exercise, which is 
the complete opposite of what we want, right? We want people to move and we want people to be strong and fit so that they can prevent themselves getting injured. If you had to look at sort of rates of injury versus people not doing anything and, and getting, you know, cardiovascular disorders because, you know, they're not doing any exercise, I think we could argue that it's, it's probably safer to, to exercise and do CrossFit than do nothing, you know? And I suppose you could also say that, you know, those types of movements, given the, the level of, um, well, you, the level that you need to be at to execute them properly, generally people won't pick up an injury because they're not going to push themselves to a point where they can do damage to their body because they're not comfortable with the movement. Whereas something like, um, you know, you're much more likely to overexert yourself while maybe, I don't know, running or squatting or something that doesn't require that much technicality because you can naturally do it yourself. Absolutely. I think um, if you actually look at the rate of injury in CrossFit versus rates of injury in running, um, the, the research shows that you have a higher rate of injury in running. So um, I think, you know, it's again where good coaching and gym environments and all those kinds of things come into play. And I think the biggest thing really is ego. I think we've all been there. I think we all know that, you know, sometimes we push ourselves beyond what we know we are capable of. And, and that's kind of where it comes in. And sometimes it takes a, you know, a good coach to step in and say, this is, this is above you. And, you know, sometimes the coach, you know, is not there or is looking at someone else, or it's not a criticism of other gyms or anything. It's just, you know, these kind of things do happen. And, and we do tend to maybe sometimes push ourselves harder than we know we should. And, and the injury ensues. And uh, talking in terms of that, you know, obviously identifying what is an injury and what is a niggle, so to speak, you know, what is your um, theory on when to continue training? Um, what sort of signs and symptoms or markers are you looking for to tell you, listen, this is not too serious or hang on, this could be potentially very, very serious. I should stop training completely or I should move to a different part of my body or whatever the case may be. Are there sort of indicators that give you that clue? Um, yeah, I think, I think it's also very subjective. I think, um, we all know our own black tolerances and thresholds. And I think the most important thing is obviously to speak to a coach if, if there is something that's maybe bothering you. So for example, if something feels uncomfortable while doing an exercise, the best thing to do is just address it with the coach and just, and ask, you know, is this something I should be concerned about? Is this, but I think, you know, generally we, we kind of all know the difference between, um, like a stretch. And that feeling of something stretching versus, okay, this is pulling, this is comfortable, this feels like it's going to tear, for example. Um, yeah, and I would say if, if something is continuously worrying you and it, it's happened more than once and it's, and it's always in the same movement, like maybe address that. Maybe either speak to a coach or go to a biokinetist, someone who can do a movement assessment, that kind of thing, um, just to see um, what the flaw is. And usually it is a mechanical issue so for example you have knee pain but why do you have knee pain it's probably a hip mobility problem or ankle mobility problem and and that kind of needs to be addressed in a chain you know um so obviously if something's like swollen or bruised or red or, or you hear any snapping sounds that's generally a warning sign of something more serious or insidious going on um yeah but i think it, it is it is obviously difficult because you know, CrossFit, you are putting your, your body through very high intensity training and things hurt and we get delayed onset muscle soreness and those kinds of things. And, and the best thing to do is usually just to speak to your coach about it if you're unsure. 100%, because obviously we, we, we get this, uh, you know, 
both sides of the story where people tend to self-diagnose, you know, especially someone who's very active. They tend to um, speculate as to what the injury could be. Uh, well, I saw this person has got a sore knee and it's their patella and that's got to be what I've got. And then they start, you know, acting accordingly. And I find often that's quite a difficult thing to do because obviously, like you say, you know, there's a cause and effect happening here and it could be uh, you're getting knee pain, as you say, because there's something wrong with your hip or you, the mechanics of your movement through your squat is creating a problem. Um, would you then say that uh, it's recommended that if you're having this continuous pain, rather speak to somebody that's a professional that can uh, give you a proper diagnosis rather than just going on feel and trying to treat it that way? I know it's a bit more difficult now in lockdown to be able to do that. Um, but, you know, obviously we want to bypass the self-diagnosis and, and, and people sort of trying to treat themselves with Google Doc rather than being able to get to the root, the root of the, the problem. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think, unfortunately, the problem with the internet is that ease of access to information, that's not necessarily true. So, I mean, we've all done it, you know, and it's always pretty scary. It's always like the worst case scenario. Um, but not to say that obviously things shouldn't be taken seriously. So I think um, getting a diagnosis is always the first step. Like, you know, if, you can always just find a practitioner that you're comfortable with or, um, you know, there's so many different ones out there. And even during this lockdown period, I think there's plenty, plenty of people doing um, telehealth consultations. And if it is affecting your daily life and is causing you pain, there are certain places that you can go. Um, but I think, yeah, the most important thing is to, is to, I think, just make notes of, of what's, is it, what is the pain, what is affecting, in what exercises or movements do you feel it? And try and make like a, a little mini diary, if you can, of like when it's causing this kind of pain. And it's really nice because you can reflect on specific movements or things that can cause it, which is very helpful to a practitioner. And also for you, because you can determine like, okay, well, maybe it's a, it's a squat. Like what's maybe going on with the squat? Like what could I change? And then speaking to someone about that is always, is going to be very helpful. Sammy, last question for me, uh, it's a bit more serious. Um, when are you moving back to Randburg? <laughs> um, uh, yo, guys, I love, like if I could move ATG to Cape Town, I think uh, my whole life would be fulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> That'll never happen with Chucky. I know, but he was, when he was here, he was, he loved it. I'm telling you, he was like a different person. I loved it because you showed me around. <laughs> I, did not, I did not show you around. This was clearly not fittest in Cape Town, same time. Surely not. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. Why did he hate me when it was fittest in Cape oh, Town? You never ever, ever heard someone complain as much about one place as Chalky complained about Cape Town when we went there. It was he threatened phenomenal. to leave Nicholas. He threatened to leave Nicholas with his hipster ukulele on the beach about seven times. <laughs> yeah. How's your arm, by the way? My arm? Yeah. Phenomenal. I'm basically stronger than I ever was. I can do a few, few cool things, but I'm very, very weak at the moment. I'm basically on Chalky's level at the moment, so I have to, <laughs> have to pick Ooh, up my camera. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Sam, thanks for joining us. Uh, we really miss you at ATG. Um, we know you are having a time of your life in Cape Town and training well in District 6, which is a great thing. But uh, you know our doors are always open. Thank you for joining us.
Oh, thanks, Chalks. I miss you guys so much. And you know, good luck with the rest of the stuff during lockdown. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Sammy. Yes, okay, um, bye, guys. All right, that's it for today, guys. Wrapping it up, we're going to leave you with a legendary dad joke from Nicholas Chalmers. Uh, you know, you guys are funny, but uh, I got a confession to make. I'm a pretty funny guy myself. All right, guys, dad joke for the day. I asked 100 women which shampoo they preferred. All of them replied, how the hell did you get in here? <laughs> That's, a That's a winner. Come on, Carl. Come on. That was good. That was a good one. Thanks for listening to our Gym Owner Jams podcast. Keep an eye out for the next one coming soon.